Welcome to God With Us with Pastor Daniel Hahn of the Pittsburgh Tri-Parish Lutheran Churches. It is indeed a great blessing to have you with us here today as we continue to share the exciting truths that are alive in the Word of God. It is our sincere hope that you will have your Bibles open and read along with today's scriptures as we are sure that it will truly be a blessing to you. Open your Bibles now to the book of Mark, chapter 5. God's faithful love and endless mercy have come to us in Jesus Christ. In today's message, Pastor Han shares with us how that same love and mercy of God was revealed in the miracles of our Savior and how they are a wonderful foundation for our hope. Let's join Pastor Han now on today's edition of God With Us. Will you pray with me? Merciful Father in heaven, we praise you because you are merciful and good, loving and kind. We praise you that your love and mercy has come to us in your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Grant us hope and comfort, encouragement and peace in your faithfulness. We ask this in the Savior's name. Amen. Our reading today is from the fifth chapter of Mark's Gospel, beginning at verse 21. When Jesus had crossed again in the boat to the other side, a great crowd gathered about him, and he was beside the sea. Then came one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name, and seeing him, he fell at his feet and implored him earnestly, saying, My little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her, so that she may be made well and live. And he went with him. And a great crowd followed him and thronged about him. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for twelve years, and who had suffered much under many physicians, and had spent all that she had, and was no better, but, grew, but rather grew worse. She had heard the reports about Jesus, <clears throat> and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And immediately the flow of blood dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease. And Jesus, perceiving in himself that power had gone out from him, immediately turned about in the crowd and said, who touched my garments? And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing around you, and yet you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. While he was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? But overhearing what they said, Jesus said to the ruler of the synagogue, 
Do not fear, only believe. And he allowed no one to follow him except Peter and James and John, the brother of James. They came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue, and Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. And when he had entered, he said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And they laughed at him. But he put them all outside and took the child's father and mother and those who were with him and went in where the child was. Taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were immediately overcome with amazement. And he strictly charged them that no one should know this and told them to give her something to eat. This is the word of the Lord. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and Jesus our Savior. Amen. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. There were, there were no miracles of modern medicine for her. For a dozen years, she had suffered with a terrible affliction, a discharge of blood. It likely left her weakened. It certainly separated her from any semblance of a normal life. Under the Mosaic law, discharge of blood made a person ritually unclean, and so she had been unable to join in common society for the whole of that 12 years, and in all of that time, had been unable to enter the synagogue to hear the word of God and pray. As with any chronic condition, we might imagine that there were some days better than others. But even on her best days in that long stretch of years, she was never completely well, never completely free from the discomfort and isolation, perhaps even embarrassment of her affliction. You can almost hear her friends saying, why don't you see a doctor? I've seen a doctor. Then see a different doctor. I've seen many doctors. For Mark writes that she had suffered much under many physicians and had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. And so with medical bills draining all of her resources, we can add grinding poverty to her list of miseries. For those of us who have never lived that way with a chronic disease, an isolating illness, we can only imagine what that must have been like and what kinds of questions must have filled her mind in those long years in the dark of night. Questions of God, about God, questions about his claim to love her, questions of why, and temptations to despair. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. In the same year that the woman with a flow of blood began to feel the burden of her condition, another family nearby was celebrating with joy. A baby girl was born to them, beautiful and healthy 
the delight of her parents, a gift from God. And for those same dozen years in which that nameless woman had suffered, those parents had delighted to watch their little one grow, taking her first steps, learning new words, gaining new skills. And at the end of each day, they had cradled that sweet daughter in their arms as she drifted off to sleep. Twelve years of bliss until the sickness came. Her once joyful parents watched helplessly as their precious daughter was drawn into a deadly downward spiral, growing weaker by the hour, drawing near to death. And there was nothing they could do. Jairus, her father, was an influential man, a ruler of the synagogue, but neither his stature nor his money could bring healing to his little girl. He was helpless in the face of this disease. And we might wonder if this man that others had looked to for spiritual leadership might have been feeling quite lost himself. Why, Lord? He must have wondered. What now, Lord? The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Those words that I've been repeating are from the Book of Lamentations. And it's important to note the title in which those words are written, that book. Lamentations describes weeping in great sorrow. And the Book of Lamentations it was written at perhaps the very worst time in Israel's history, a time of tears and sorrow. Jerusalem, the beautiful city of God, had been emptied of its people and sat in ruins. The magnificent temple of God, built by Solomon, was rubble and ashes. And the people of God were living in exile in, a, in the pagan city of Babylon, the home of their enemies. Grief upon grief had befallen them. And in the loss of so much good, so much they held dear, they struggled to make sense of what was happening. They lamented their sins that for so long had led them away from God and invited the disaster that they now were living. And in their suffering they pondered what might now be unfolding in the greater purpose of God. And in their days of desperate sorrow, God gave them a hymn of hope to sustain them. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. Israel had been unfaithful, but the Lord remained faithful forever. The Lord had not forgotten the affliction of his people, and though they were far from home, he was not distant from them in the things that they suffered. He was near them. He would help them. He heard their prayers. He would at last then deliver them. For the Lord our God is merciful and good. When life caves in on you, when all seems hopeless, the hymn of Lamentations 3 teaches us the truth. It reminds us that God is faithful that he is merciful. It points us to that hope that is in him. The song goes on to say this, The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I will hope in him. Those are powerful words. The Lord is my portion. Just imagine, if you would, that all of 
the good things in this world were placed in one big heap to be distributed among all of the people of this world. Some would get piles of treasure. Some would get buckets of health. Some would get long life. Some would get large and loving families. Others would get fame and so on. What's in that pile for you? Maybe you have some of those things already. Praise God. But in all of that, the world's storehouse of treasures, what is it that your heart desires most? The book of Lamentations teaches us to say, the Lord is my portion. He's what I want. If I have the Lord, I have all riches and all health and every good thing. And so long as I have the Lord, I lack nothing. And in his time and by his hand, all good things will come to me. He is my treasure. For as the hymn goes on to say, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. The woman in our gospel reading was waiting for him and seeking him. Mark writes that she had heard the reports about Jesus. She heard how he had brought healing to other people. And she believed that he, the great physician of body and soul, was able to do for her what no earthly physician could. She said to herself, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. And quietly she worked her way into that crowd following the Lord. And she came up behind him and touched his garment immediately the flow of blood dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of her disease if it's difficult to imagine what it would have been like to carry that terrible condition for all of those long years it's just as difficult to imagine what it was like to have that affliction taken away in just a moment not relieved slowly over time by medication or natural healing process, just like that in a moment. The plague that had eaten up so much of her life and devoured so much of her happiness, it was gone. It was gone by the power of Jesus Christ who healed her. Imagine her relief, her freedom, her tremendous joy. And imagine all of that crashing down in just a heartbeat. Who touched my garments, Christ demanded. Just a reminder that when Jesus asks a question, he already knows the answer. He doesn't need information, right? He's teaching something. Who touched my garments? The disciples thought, well, that's a silly question. There was a crowd. A lot of people, Lord, are touching you. But the woman knew he was talking about her. She had tried to be quiet, to sneak up behind him, but she had been caught. And she was well aware that she had violated several rules of conduct to do what she had done. While unclean, she had thrown herself into a crowd of other people who then became unclean by their contact with her. In addition, she, a woman, had reached out to touch a rabbi something that would have been unseemly even if she were well. And somehow Jesus knew what she had done. Boy, we all, we all know that feeling when we've been found out, when, 
when, when there's no more hiding and we're waiting for the hammer to drop. That's her. Mark writes, she came in fear and trembling and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. She laid her life story out before the Lord and, and before all. But that hammer, it never fell, did it? The Lord did not make an example of her, or rather, I should say he did make an example of her, but an example of faith. Faith that clings to Jesus. Faith that seeks its portion in him. In touching the robe of Jesus, she had found healing for her body, and, at, and kneeling at the feet of Jesus, she had found healing for her soul. Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. You see, the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Speaking of mercies, you may recall that when that woman reached out to touch the Lord's garment, the Lord was already on a mission of mercy. Jairus had come to him, falling at Jesus' feet. He begged him, my little daughter is at the point of death. Come and lay your hands on her so that she may be made well and live. And Jesus went with him. And Jairus is in that crowd walking with Jesus on his way to his daughter's bedside when that woman grabbed the Lord's garment. And, the, and when then the procession came to a screeching halt. We can only imagine, we don't know what might have been going on in Jairus' thoughts. But when the Lord delayed, even for those few seconds, that must have seemed unbearable. Time was so critical. His daughter needed help now. He had made that clear. She was at the point of death. And even as Jesus commended the faith of the woman who was healed, Jairus' worst fears came to pass. While Jesus was still speaking, there came from the ruler's house some who said, Your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Let me ask you a question. When the scriptures say, his mercies never come to an end, do you sometimes imagine that God's mercies expire at death? If our hopes and prayers are not answered as we want and when we want, do we imagine that the steadfast love of the Lord has somehow ceased simply because the function of heart and brain have ceased? We have a saying, where there is life, there is hope. But what if there is no life? Is there hope? What do the scriptures say? When does the Lord's love cease? Never. When do his mercies come to an end? Never. And so we with our Lord, now hasten on our way to that little girl's bedside. But before we arrive, let's take a detour to the mountain of Calvary, to that place where the dear Son of God himself was given into death. When Jesus came to Calvary, he came bearing all of the uncleanness of the world, not just the ritual uncleanness, as we have seen in the woman described, but he bore the far greater filth of our corrupted nature, of our daily sin, of our wicked intentions, of our faithless lives, of our love of those things that are not God.
Jesus bore it all on Calvary. And there, bearing that uncleanness, he was punished for our iniquities and died to save us all. And dying, he rose up again. There is no place at which God's mercies end. But whoever has come to Calvary has found where God's mercies begin. The cross of Jesus is the wellspring of God's steadfast love and his endless mercy for you and for me and the whole world. From the cross of Jesus flows that love and mercy that is poured out in his blood that is preached into our ears and hearts by the word that washes us clean in holy baptism which feeds us in the supper of Christ's true body and blood. Jesus Christ crucified for you is the foundation of all that is truly hope. And Jesus Christ raised in glory and power from the dead who reigns over all things for you is the guarantee of all that his love and mercy have promised to you. That word came to Jairus. Why trouble the teacher any further? There was no hope any longer. Jesus couldn't help anymore, they suggested. And they were so wrong. Yes, trouble the teacher. Yes, seek him still. Even so, in his moment of darkest despair, Jesus said to that ruler of the synagogue, Do not fear, only believe. And together they came to the house. Mark says Jesus saw a commotion, people weeping and wailing loudly. You know, they have a word for weeping and wailing loudly like that. It's called lamentation. Maybe you know what it says in the book that goes by that name. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Jesus, who is the resurrection and the life, said to them, Why are you making a commotion and weeping? The child is not dead, but sleeping. And going into her room and taking her by the hand, he said to her, Talitha kumi, which means, little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl got up and began walking, for she was 12 years of age. And they were astonished. Unspeakable joy. In those days, when Jesus our Lord walked this earth healing diseases and raising the dead, the signs that he did surely revealed that he was the Son of God, as he said. But those signs were something more. They, they were a foretaste of what is to come when he comes again in glory at the end of the age. At his appearing, Christ will remove from us every ailment and every uncleanness forever. And like Jairus and his wife, you and I, to our unspeakable joy, will receive back from the dead those dear ones who have been lost to us. For Jesus will raise from death all those who sleep in him, raise them to glory. And, it, and at his appearing, all lamentations will cease and God will have the glory forevermore. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. Amen.
the peace of God that passes understanding guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Han, for your insightful message regarding the wonderful truths of God's steadfast love and endless mercies to us. Thank you for joining us for today's broadcast of God With Us. This program is brought to you every week by your friends of the Pittsburgh Tri-Parish Lutheran Churches and this radio station. One of the most powerful things anyone can do is to pray. So come and be with us as we maintain appropriate social distancing starting at 3 p.m. every Tuesday at Zion. Come and be blessed as we pray simultaneously with people around the world for individual needs, our country, and the world. That's Prayer Warriors every Tuesday afternoon at Zion Evangelical Lutheran Church, 237 37th Street, Lawrenceville, Pennsylvania. And remember, all are welcome. Tune in again next week for more of Pastor Han's teachings on the Word of God. Until next time, may the Lord Jesus Christ, our God with us, always be with you.